Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Tonight on SportsCenter at 6, what Eli Manning's teammates are saying about the quarterback's timeout is starter. For the first time since this infamous timeout, nearly 25 years ago, Michigan and North Carolina home court. Dickie V relives the moment. I'm going to tell you right now, he better than Steph Curry to me. I have the utmost confidence in what my boy is doing. Steph's going to have problems trying to guard my boy. As he faces Lonzo for the first time tonight, Steph Curry reveals how he has more in common with the Lakers rookie than you might think. And why Lane Kiffin continues to troll Nick Saban. Gary Wright said, I'm trolling him. What you don't realize, Nick Saban doesn't know what Twitter is. And now, Michael Smith and Jamel Hill. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ever going to get used to that, uh, but don't. wait. <laughs> don't. <laughs> There's more coming up shortly. The latest on the balls interviewing everybody and their mama for the head coaching position. And we have a live report from Marty Smith to set up Miami Clemson. And for all we know, he might be reporting live from the moon. But first, how the Giants are treating one of their biggest stars. Ah, uh, yes. The words Giants fans have been longing to hear and the day Big Blue Nation has been waiting for, the Geno Smith era is underway. For the G-Men, team's first day at work with someone other than Eli as QB1 since 04. But don't get it twisted, says Giants owner John Mara. It's, quote, complete BS to say New York is in the business of tanking. Quote, we would never do that. I guess the intentionally part of that qualification is implied, right? Honestly, uh, <laughs> it's more than just a quarterback, you know what I mean? Um, there's a lot of things that have been happening around here, uh, you know, and we all see it, but... You know, uh, I don't think he had anything to do with the quarterback. Do you think Eli should still be the starter? Uh, the decision was made upstairs, so I can't I can't really talk about that. I play defense, you know. I was kind of shocked at first, uh, not going to lie, but, um, you know, that then you just let it settle in and uh, you think about it and uh, got to get with uh, got to get with Gino and get on the same page. Uh, so that was uh, my next thought after I was uh, a little bit shocked. Mara also said he was surprised that Manning opted not to start games, which if he knows Manning so well, why? I'm not surprised that Eli wouldn't want to trivialize his streak that way. Anyway, uh, Mara also went on to say, I don't think you should be writing Eli's obituary yet. A lot of things can change, namely the coach and GM. Uh, he said, we obviously have some tough decisions to make before the start of next year. Archie Manning says that Eli is heartbroken and until now never had envisioned playing for another team. Life comes at you fast. Diana Rossini, that voice you heard talking to JPP and other Giants, coming to you live from East Rutherford, New Jersey. Diana, what was your takeaway from today? Uh, well, John Mara spoke with us for about 15 minutes. He answered every single reporter's questions, and I had plenty for him. Uh, I, I really pushed on whether or not this organization has any regrets about how they've handled the last 24 hours. And Mr. Mara took some time to gather his thoughts, and he answered, and he said, well, one, I wish I was here because he was out of town yesterday when they made that decision. But in terms of how it all went down, he said they did not plan on Eli Manning telling them that if he wasn't going to start the game and play through, because remember, their plan was to start Eli and then at halftime take him out and then put in Geno Smith. They did not expect him to react the way they did. So he said that sort of threw a wrench in it all. And that is what's made it very difficult. He did spend some time this morning, plenty of time with Eli Manning. And he said their meeting 
was very emotional. Eli broke down explaining that, yes, the starting streak is important, but he believes that the best quarterback should be out there. And if the Giants organization believes that that's Geno Smith, then that's the guy they, they need to go with. And finally, Michael, I had to ask about Ben McAdoo here. Is his future safe? Is he guaranteed the Giants head coach here? And John Mara simply said there are no guarantees in life. So certainly no no vote of confidence from the owner of the New York Giants. But, guys, my, my biggest takeaway would be right now that this Giants organization does have regrets how they've handled it, but they do believe that this is the right move. Now, Diana, it's interesting to me that uh, Ben McAdoo, he's taken a lot of hits from uh, the media. He seems to be the focus uh, in terms of making this decision. But just so we're clear, this was a collaborative decision to bench Eli, as in with the full support of Mara and others. Yeah, Jamal, basically what happened was two weeks ago, Mara had conversations with the GM here, and they said, we need to make a change at quarterback here. And over the last two weeks, the discussions happened, and they decided now with five games left, now is the time. Now, they didn't entirely close the door on Eli Manning being a New York Giant because I asked, have you discussed a trade? Have you discussed maybe perhaps releasing Eli? And they said, no, we're not there yet. That's not something we're doing. What we're going to do is finish out the year figure out what is next. But as of right now, Eli Manning is a New York Giant, and he will back up this Sunday against the Raiders. All right. Thank you, Diana. We appreciate you starting us off. Uh, Chargers quarterback Phillip Rivers, who now will hold the league's longest active consecutive start streak at 187. Of course, Eli's 4 draft made, and they were swapped for each other. Uh, he told reporters today, I honestly thought it was pathetic. He's been out there 210 straight games with no telling how many bumps, bruises, and injuries for his team. Won two Super Bowl MVPs. And with the respect he's had in the locker room over the years, and really the respect he's gained throughout the league, you feel like the guy has earned the opportunity. If they are, in fact, deciding to go another direction, he's earned the opportunity to finish it off these last five weeks. Meanwhile, the NFL has proposed partnering with players to affect social justice improvement, offering nearly $100 million to fund causes considered critically important to black communities. Not society at large, just the black communities. Uh, players are expected to discuss the proposal on Wednesday night, but some players who have protested, namely Miami Dolphins safety Michael Thomas and 49ers safety Eric Reed, are upset with the NFL's approach and over how its leaders handle negotiations. They plan to break with that 40-member players coalition led by Eagle safety Malcolm Jenkins and former wideout Anquan Bolden, which negotiated the offer with the NFL, as Jim Trotter well knows. Now, Trotter, you and Jason Reed of The Undefeated, you guys broke this story. Now, on the face of it, getting the NFL to commit $100 million to issues that affect the black community um, seems like a victory, but there seems to be some dissension among the players about accepting the NFL's offer. What's the backstory here? No, the backstory is, is, as you heard Eric Reed say, he felt that there has not been transparency in the process and that some players have not had as much input as he would want. Well, I talked to Malcolm Jenkins this afternoon about that, and he said that is totally false. He said, we have kept everyone informed along the way. He said, in fact, Eric Reed and Michael Thomas were on the last call last Friday with the commissioner. And Malcolm said, every time we have a call, I say to players, is there anything we should, we're missing here? Is there anything we should be uh, speaking to here? Are there any questions that you have or anything you want to address? And people either speak up or they don't. So Malcolm said, I'm not sure where this is coming from, but he said it's disappointing that Eric and others might feel like this, but they're moving forward. Now, is this hush money to get the players to stop kneeling? That seems to be the, the, the prevailing question or notion <laughs> here. 
Absolutely, and I can understand that question. But here's the thing, Jamil. Not once during these discussions or in any proposal that the league has presented has it tied this to the players stopping their demonstrations. This is not a quid pro quo. When I asked Malcolm Jenkins about it, he said no. He said they have never asked us not to stand or not to kneel. I'm sorry. He said what this is about is the league understands the importance of this. And I can tell you this from talking to several owners. They have told me they recognize that this is not a player issue. This is not an owner issue. This is not a black issue or a white issue. This is an issue for this country. And they feel that this is the right thing to do, which is why they are going forward with it as well. All right. Okay. Thank you, Jim. We appreciate your report. All right, tonight we'll see if Lonzo Ball can cash a check. His father wrote when the Lakers meet the Warriors for the first time this season. If you recall, Lonzo's father, LeVar, came at Steph during Lonzo's college basketball season and said his son already was better than Steph. Well, Lonzo is shooting the second-worst field goal percentage through a player's first 20 career games in the shot clock era. Instead of being petty, though, Steph said he can somewhat relate to the position Lonzo is in. Exactly, being Dale Curry's kid and all. Quote, but at the end of the day, Steph says, I taught myself how to have a sense of humor about it and understand that it kind of comes with the territory of choosing the same sport that my pops played and dealing with it that way. Can't let what people say bother him. Use it as motivation. All right. Um, now, Steph said all that in exclusive with our man Chris Haynes here, who joins us now from the site of Lakers Warriors. That's all cool and well, and it's good that Steph is being magnanimous, Chris. But you mean to tell me that Steph <laughs> isn't going to have some extra shoulder shaking for the young Alonzo tonight? Oh, he's definitely going to have some extra theatrics tonight. I, I, I asked him in that same story. I said, does that mean you're not going to go out there and target Lonzo? He said, look, Chris, I target every point guard out there. So he's definitely going to be able to get some as well tonight. And I wouldn't be surprised. I know Steph. He takes slights. Like, he, he comes off as a humble guy, and he is. But he listened to all the diss, all the jabs that people throw at him, and he does try to still – fuel that fire that way. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him cross Lonzo up, hit a long three, look in the direction of LeVar Ball. He is that petty. I will expect some theatrics like that tonight. Yeah, because I ain't going to say no names, but somebody said Chris Haynes dressed for a funeral tonight. That's what somebody said. <laughs> I don't know who that is either. Appreciate you, bro. Man, the Philly sports scene is so hot right now, you could slice it up and put it on a fresh Amorosa roll from Wild Wild Force. In fact, South Philadelphia oh, hasn't had this much star power since state property. One and two. Eagles players had to feel questions about the process. Sixers host the Wizards tonight. And they're all talking about Carson Wentz. I know you love state property. You need to get down and lay down. <laughs> How is the ever part two? Anyway, Sal Pal working double duty. Sal, you know about state property. <laughs> oh, on both teams. Sounds like, what the hell are y'all talking about? Classic American cinema. Uh, <laughs> no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh-oh. See? I know exactly what you're talking about. My bag, Sal. I had two Amoroso rolls today. He said he had two Amoroso rolls today. What about ABM? I'm sorry. ABM. We always got. So how are Philly's two biggest stars handling all this attention? Well, I'm going to get to that for a second and because it's really big and I want to get to it in a minute. It's important. I want people to hear. But I want to get right to the news. That's what I like to do on SportsCenter. And the news is Ben Simmons <laughs> will play tonight. He had that ankle injury late in the fourth quarter on Monday night. I was here against the Cavaliers. He left the court. He was questionable going in, but he warmed up practice. And the head coach just told us, that he will not have any limitations in this game tonight against the Wizards. Joel Embiid will play tonight, but he will not play against 
the Celtics tomorrow night. And when we asked Brett Brown why play tonight and why not tomorrow night, he said because partially the reason is we want to have Joel Embiid play in front of the hometown fans. The excitement here is off the charts on both sides of Patterson Avenue, Eagles and Sixers. And on Monday night in the locker room after the game, I talked to LeBron James at length about Carson Wentz. And today I asked Carson Wentz about LeBron James saying he loves to watch number 11 play. Listen to this. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, a ton of respect for a guy like LeBron. I mean, I was a kid watching him um, tear up the league when he was a rookie, you know, and um, yeah, I just, I love watching that guy play. He's, he's unbelievable, quite the talent, one of the most impressive athletes in the world. So um, it's pretty hard that stuff. Now you ask me, you know, why would I do double duty? The excitement in this building, why wouldn't you be here? Eagles, Sixers, it's all happening in South Philly. Way to go, Sal. And let me tell you something. Call an audible anytime you want on the six. Everybody does. Okay? Everybody does. No problem. Yeah. Hey, hey, Michael, Michael, you know, I got to get right to the news, Michael. Yeah, I got to get right to the problem? news. Where was, your, where was your front page of the Inquirer in the Daily News? Come on, man. Right. Yourself, Thank you, Sal. We appreciate it. All right, on to some college. Tennessee's search for a head coach has gotten off to a rough start, to say the least. Sunday, Ohio State defensive coordinator Greg Schiano agreed to a deal with the balls for the school back out after a significant amount of backlash from fans and alumni. Now, Tennessee also reached out to former volunteer offensive coordinator David Cutcliffe early in the week, but the Duke head coach turned them down, too, to stay with the Blue Devils. And then the school met with Mike Gundy, offered him a six-year, $42 million deal, which the Oklahoma State head coach turned down, tweeting, Cowboy for life. So, Chris Lowe, I really feel like Tennessee should just be able to like a bunch of Instagram pictures so that coaches will slide in their DMs or something. <laughs> because just today alone, we have heard the Tennessee job connected to Jeff Brom and Dave Dorn. So, separate the game from the truth. What's real and what isn't when it comes to these coaching rumors at Tennessee? <laughs> well, the latest is that Tennessee, and I say trying to close the deal, because we've seen that happen now a couple times, and they didn't close it. Trying to close the deal with Dave Dorn at NC State. It was Jeff Brom at Purdue. They did not strike a deal with Jeff Brom earlier. I think you're going to see talks that they haven't already had talks with Dave Dorn, NC State's head football coach, and hopefully in Tennessee's perspective, bringing to close what's been an as-the-coaching-search-turned type of deal with the Vols. All right, Chris, with the latest, we're sure you're going to be on it, man. Let us know when somebody finally takes his gigs. Record for public rejection on the way here right now. <laughs> All right, meanwhile, who has two thumbs and nailed the penultimate top six an hour before the release last night? This guy. Why you ask okay. me, Jamel? I'd have had Miami at number seven. Not really. The defending national <laughs> champion Tigers sit atop the college football playoff rankings for the first time since the 2015 season, setting the stage for Saturday night's ACC title game and play-in game, playoff play-in game, which won't include Hurricanes wideout Amon Richards. Reportedly carted off the field today during practice, and he will miss the rest of the season. Mark Rick declined to discuss Richard's status for Saturday. Marty Smith, always 100%. Michael and Jamel, good evening. From the second Mark Rick became head coach at his alma mater, he made it extremely clear. The goal here, win the ACC Coastal Division and play for a league championship, and Saturday night they'll have that opportunity against two-time defending league champion Clemson. I caught up with Rick earlier today and gauged his thoughts on the Tigers. When you turn on the film, the first thing you see is these big, giant beasts up front. You know, their, their D-line are very impressive. I mean, three of the four all-ACC first-team D-linemen are Clemson players, and rightfully so. They are, 
They're the best we've seen on tape. And then you look at their linebacking core. Just you look at the body types and athleticism of their team in general. It's very impressive. You can tell Dabo's been recruiting for years, not just a year or two. They're definitely the measuring stick of our league. And, uh, you know, we'll find out where we're at. Prior to last Friday's loss to Pittsburgh, Miami had won 15 straight games. So what's the impact of that loss? Offensive lineman Casey McDermott told me today we needed it. It reminded us that anybody can be beaten, even us. It was a, a very big shock to all of us, you know. Uh, nobody knew about it. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we still got to play football. So we got to do our jobs. London, does that kind of shake you a little bit, knowing that if that can happen to Eli, that can happen to anybody? Man, it, it, it really didn't shake me because, I mean, it happened to Peyton Manning when I, watched, when I was watching when I was in college. Uh, I said, if it can happen to him, it can happen to anybody. So... Uh, you're not playing up to a part or somebody feel as though you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, they're going to make some changes. Brandon Marshall. Remember the offseason? We talked about, yo, the, Brian, the Giants got Brandon Marshall, right. Tim and Odell Beckham, and Ingram, and Sterling Shepard. Wow. Life comes at you fast. They wish I was better for you this year, bro. This QB that I've always wanted. In fact, just 23.5% of Manning's pass attempts this season have come with the top three receivers on the field. And the Giants have dropped an NFL high of 28 passes this season and rushed for 91.3 yards per game. For those that think it's really all about Eli being bad. Uh, but it's interesting to see this outpouring of support. Because I'm looking at what he's face like right now. I'm looking at this. You wait for me to just go I am, because, look, there's been a lot of outpouring of support. I, to me, I've seen more love for Eli the last two days than the last two years. You're it's probably been a correct, lo- it's but, been a but it's more about, to me, the who, as in who is replacing him than the what. I think a lot of people... Yeah, like had he it was Davis Webb, they'd understand. For anybody yeah. else, but because it's Geno Smith. Well, technically, I'm sorry to cut you off. He wasn't benched. We actually well, no, got, okay. You know, it's well, almost like it's almost like anthem protest. Like, that's, no, like, we, that's semantics. And to he some wasn't degree. benched. They were gonna like rotate him, and he was like, Nah, I'm good. <laughs> but so I, technically, he's just no, stepping but, aside. But you know what? But I said it. I said it on Twitter when all this thing, yeah. when all this stuff went down. Everybody was like, Oh man, how could you bench a two-time Super Bowl MVP? I'm like. Man, it's not even, y'all not even tripping off of that. It's the fact that it's Geno Smith, 100%. the same guy. Because I can, I can tell you what the the Giants fan mentality. We got little brother. We got a cat that came from a little brother, New York Jets, that's coming over here and put our two-time Super Bowl MVP on the bench. For that guy, like, yeah, for yeah. that guy, like, no, we we can't let this ride. That's right. why right. everybody is so hype about it. But listen, I've, I, like I've told people all day, Eli is not immune. To go sit, to, to be on that bench. If you're not performing, at some point, you want to find your way to the bench. Eli's been trending downward for years. I don't know if people got this fantasy like Eli's just been a baller for. Eli's been trending downward for well, years. I know we we've talked about offensive line, sure, and, and we've talked about the running, you know, running back situation. And I get it. Coaching and front office is, is you know, everybody's, they're, they're, everybody's at fault. Yeah. But for people, I'm hearing so many people out here is like trying to make it seem like Eli's, you know, he's Free like he's been, like he's just been balling. That's, that's just it, not the case. As a wise man once said, everything ends badly, otherwise it wouldn't end. So get you there. So let, let's talk about the Geno Smith aspect of this. The reason why I brought up all the drop passes and the fact that obviously Eli hasn't thrown that much to those top three receivers is they keep saying they want to evaluate Geno Smith and by extension Davis Webb. How much can you actually evaluate these two under these circumstances? The other thing Eli is not is not Superman. He couldn't overcome his circumstances. Mm-hmm. How can you expect to get a fair evaluation? 
set aside who's doing the evaluating, but how can you get a fair evaluation about Geno Smith and Davis Webb with that supporting cast or lack thereof? Well, I mean, that's a great question, but I do think that Geno Smith brings a different skill set to the table. One, he's mobile. We always talk about the offensive line, right, that the offensive line is in shambles, but now you got a quarterback that, that you can actually do things with as far as his legs are concerned. He has a big arm. Okay. We all know that Geno has a propensity to turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. And I think what everyone wants to see is, okay, what Ben McAdoo, who came from Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, sure. Aaron Rodgers is a mobile guy. What is he, how, is he going to, how is he going to change the system to fit the skill set of Geno Smith? Because I, I, I truly believe like Ben McAdoo wants a guy that can, that, that's mobile as okay. far as his legs are concerned. Hey, real quick before we let you go, I'll ask you one other question about yep. how the other half lives. Is Mike Zimmer out here like Stevie Wonder, very superstitious when he says he'll keep one game at a time? I'm not going to pull him to my Case Keenum, but every week's a different week in this league. I mean, it's just like, hey, I'm not going to fix what's not broken in more ways than one. Like, Mike Zimmer is old school. Yeah. So he's not, he's not one. He's, he's just keeping his toe in the water. You know what I mean? Like, this he's is just, straight out the Bill Parcells. Yeah, yeah he, that's, all, that's exactly what yeah. he's all about. Why commit to a a journeyman quarterback. Why commit hey. to the guy that's second in the league in QBR? Yeah. Why yeah. To- no, no, it's like, like long term. Like, right, right. Why, why just go ahead and annoy, oh, you're our guy for the rest of the No, 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 no. Keep keep on like keep, keep him right. on. Yeah, keep, keep it thought he's, on. Not yeah. To, he's not trying to fill his head with fantasies, right? Uh, he's yeah. just like, let me keep dangling this carrot right, right now. Exactly. Keep him on the toe. That's right. Know? Exactly. Y'all, right, y'all know how that does. You, you know, y'all, y'all good at that. We good? Y'all we good, good at dangling the carrot in front of somebody or no? We got a problem. We good. We No, you know what it is? She mad because we sitting on set crispy right now. I, I, we sitting on set crispy. Oh, I ain't crispy. Okay. Oh. All right. All right. What are you? Why are you sensitive out here? All right. Lay out for a little while. You got Michael it. Smith. Got uh, it. So Michigan State enters the season with high expectations. Lost the top ranked Duke in the second game of the year as time is though fell to 111 all time against Coach Shashevsky. But the Spartans have been on an absolute tear since then, winning four straight by an average of over 20 points per game, including Sundays. Beat down of ninth-ranked North Carolina. Now, tomorrow night, they'll become just the third team ever to play in three top-ten matchups in the month of November as Bonzi Colson and number five Notre Dame visit Beach Lansing. That's right. And now my man, Tom Izzo. How hey, coach, are you, coach. That's it for me. You're not going to hear <laughs> me for a while. Just imagine just you and I here. No, but in all seriousness, uh, you jokingly told Miles Bridges last week that if he gets hurt again, quote, you kill him. Uh, he did play against UConn and UNC. Didn't look completely 100% healthy. Where does his health stand right now? Uh, he's getting up there 90%. You know, he only played 15 minutes in the second game against UConn, and he played 20-some minutes against the uh, North Carolina, and, you know, he wasn't com- completely healthy, but we were at a point where it wasn't going to hurt him. He was itching to play, and uh, that's the way he is. So I played him. Oh, Mike, you really don't have a question. All I right. have questions. I just was not going to y'all moments. No. Cook, go ahead and cook. All right. Uh, Irish are undefeated. They just won the Maui Invitational. What's your biggest concern about this team? Well, you know, Colson is a heck of a pair, and Farrell is uh, also a very good player. they got two great players, but Mike Bray's done a, a phenomenal job there over the years. The efficiency they have offensively is, is great. Now they're a real junior-senior-laden team with, I think, three seniors in that starting lineup, guys that have been through the wars. That's probably my biggest concern. Uh, they're better defensively, I think, than they've been. They're always very, very good offensively. You know what? I actually do have a question. Who wore it better? Uh, you and your hoodie in the PK80 tournament or Mike Bray with the shorts and the T-shirt in Maui? 
Well, I, I preferred my hoodie, and I, I even got one here for Jamel that I'm going to give her. I'm sending this one to you, Jamel. Oh, so good. I expect you to wear it on the show. Oh, no, All I right, will. so you'll have a hoodie. But, uh, you know, I'm going to kid Mike a little bit tomorrow. I mean, we're good friends, and uh, I actually got to know Mike my first year recruiting. I was recruiting Carlton Valentine, who was Danzel's dad at DeMath, and Mike was an assistant there. So, uh, you know, I, I did have to question the shorts, but... God love him. He had courage to do it. <laughs> now, I, I don't know if it was your hoodie um, or obviously your coaching, but uh, Michigan State has been playing great defense. You've held your last three opponents to under 60 points, including 45 against UNC. UNC excuse me. Why has your team been so dogged defensively lately? Well, we have gotten better after the embarrassment. And I say embarrassment. It's not embarrassing to lose to Duke, but the way we lost to him, you know, giving up all those rebounds and giving a guy 37 points and um, that was kind of uncharacteristic of us. So, like you should do, you went back and worked. But don't kid yourself, Carolina did not play as good as Carolina plays. Um, it was one of those nights that benefited us. But, you know, I think Roy Williams has a great team, and that was uncharacteristic of them. That's why all these big matchups early in the year kind of give you an idea where your team is and what you got to work on, and I think we'll all learn from them. All right, we were talking a second ago about wardrobe. I want to ask you about something on a little bit more of a serious note. So before the first game of the season, your team wore warm-up shirts with this socially conscious message. We talk, uh, we listen on the front, and it said, it's not about me, it's about us on the back. Why did you guys decide to wear those T-shirts, and what was the message you wanted to convey? Well, you know, I think everybody agrees there is a, there is a lot of social inequalities and equities, whatever the word may be, it's, it's kind of where everybody, uh, I think, understands it. So I had a couple meetings with my team and just talked about the different things in the NFL and the NBA and, you know, found out what they wanted to come up with. And I think we talk, we listen is something that we all got to do a better job of, including me, the coach, uh, in a lot of areas. But in this area in particular, I think there's got to be more conversation, which a lot of people agree with. And I think, you know, when you talk, if you don't listen, you accomplish nothing. So we talk, we listen, which is something that the players and myself and our athletic department came up with. And we're going to build on that a little bit as the year goes on. But um, I think it is important, and I think it was done in the, in the right way for Michigan State and for us. Always a pleasure to listen to you and Jamel talk about <laughs> Look, all things Michigan State. Uh, Thank can, you, Coach. All I can tell you is, Coach, if way. all I knew it, it took to shut Michael Smith up was having you on, you could be on every day. So thank you. I appreciate You'd that. You'd be upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael, thank you. And Jamel, we love you. I'll be sending you your shirt. Okay, I appreciate it. Not for me, it. thanks. Yep. Yep, appreciate it. Chris gets a rebound, turns, and looks for Jalen for the outlet. Chris travels, but they don't call it. Michigan have to bring it. Oh, he walked. He walked, and the referee missed it. Instead of going straight up the floor, he was veering towards our bench. Weber brings it into the front court. He saw the trap coming, and, and I think sort of like a deer in headlights, just panicked a little bit and dribbled into the corner, which is exactly what the Carolina defense wants you to do. And as he pivot, he calls timeout. Weber brings it into the front court. They have no timeouts remaining. Oh, he causes too many timeouts. That's a technical foul. He called a timeout. Michigan doesn't yes. have any. He takes a timeout. Technical They're foul. out of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. Two shots in possession of the ball. Hard to believe this is the first time those two powers have 
played since that infamous ending to the 93 national title game. A lot's happened since. Most of it good on the UNC side, much to the delight of you, I know, Jamel. Yeah, <laughs> and I wasn't going to let the fact you called them a power walk. But that's all right. I won't be petty right now because my man Dickie V is in the building now. Now, uh, Dickie V, UNC is coming off their first loss of the season. Michigan State held them to 45 points. Uh, did the Spartans expose the Tar Heels? Well, you know, hey, Jamel, think about it. They scored only 45, as you said. They shot horribly. The worst shooting percentage, I think, in the history of North Carolina. 24% from the field. They shot 6% from the three. You, myself, and Mike could have done better than that shooting no, the basketball. No. Oh, yeah, no, we would have done better. Come on now. They were like one for 18 shooting threes. Come on, we'd have made two, I think. But you know what? Those things happen. Yeah, we were up there, 11-day road trip. They've been gone for 11 days. Michigan State is a top-five legitimate basketball team. Physical. They come after them. This will be a good North Carolina team before the season ends. There's no doubt. Joel Berry's too really good. He's an All-American. He's been struggling shooting. But remember, he's coming off a broken hand. The hand is fine now, he told me, before the game. So I look for them to bounce back a little bit here tonight. All right, Dickie V, we appreciate it. Great game. Going to be better with you on the call. Appreciate and clearly it. you haven't seen Mike's jumper. No. It's, it's broke. Well, so. <laughs> hey, well, what a backcourt there, Jamel and Mike. That's a dynamite duo, man. That's a dynamite duo. Except for I'm going to start too, too playing. Too complicated. Like, she, she ball home way too much. <laughs> way too much. Thank, Thank you, you Dickie, Dickie V. V. All right, Lane Kiffin talked to Dan Levitard about trolling Nick Saban on Twitter. Here's how it went down. Can you explain to us what you're doing to Nick Saban on Twitter? Because I'm enjoying the holy hell out of it. Everybody writes that I'm trolling him. What you don't realize, Nick Saban doesn't know what Twitter is. You can't <laughs> troll somebody that doesn't see it. I don't think I've ever heard Saban compared to Steinberg. Give me an example of Saban being obsessive compulsive about being a control freak. We had Friday night meetings, which are usually pretty casual. I had a hat on. Well, I didn't know like that you weren't supposed to wear a hat in a meeting. You didn't like that, so I didn't get to wear a hat anymore. So how does that conversation go? That I can't say. It would be rated R. Use bleeps where the curses are. Don't say any of the curses. Um, you won't understand it because I'd be like nine out of the ten words. <laughs> like as Saban once said, it's not a conversation. It's a you know what chewing. Um, you know, there's been so much positivity around the Knicks this year. <laughs> James Olden, like hold my beer. <laughs> Got a mess up. <laughs> Wrote a song for spin. Here's a portion of the lyrics. You know I own a basketball team. For most people, that would be a dream. For a trust fund kid, it's a living hell. Always some, you know what, Bleep. tell me to sell. <sighs> um, okay. Just say no. He's just living his no truth. No is the best word in English He's language. living his truth. They ask you to do it, say no. Because you're not helping anything. Like, <laughs> no. it's better... Not seen or heard from. Meanwhile, did you know Chris Porzingis got 11 votes for mayor in New York? What was interesting about that list is the number of people who misspelled his name. Mm-hmm. So he actually could have had more votes right. if had they not misspelled his name. They Aaron- voted for Charles Oakley. <laughs> to my point about we just hadn't heard from Dolan. It was working so Aaron Judge, well. though, he got a lot of votes as well. Not surprisingly. Eagles rookie Corey Clement's ninth grade guidance counselor in Jersey. He had promised Clement if he had made it to the NFL, she would give him her Beamer. Like we used to call it, as in BMW, that he always wanted. And she paid it off. She actually, I, I hope he did not accept this car. He probably didn't. Yeah. But it's a great gesture. BMWs age so well. And talk about, look at you trying, to get, free, pick me up from school, trying to get the free plug. No, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, we know, we know how you roll it. It's free, give me three. Uh, no, but I, I thought it was good that, they, that uh, the teacher or the guidance counselor saw the bet through, yeah. um, which says something in itself. But I'm sure had that not happened, I mean, it's not like it would have been held against him. So, like Gate, you could put challenge with anything these days. They're doing the Zay Jones challenge in Bill's camp. 
I, there's no challenge because nobody How can complete can you, that. Well, that's kind of close. Wait, 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 wait. It's kind of close. Is that CGI? What like is that? Push up. Uh, nah, not, not as same. smooth. Mm-mm, not the same. So I'm going to start calling Jay Smooth oh, Crystal. That's def- <laughs> definitely not the same. He's getting a lot of targets lately. Do you think he realized he he done that or the way that it looked? I just want to know had he ever done it before. You see, he couldn't even pull it off as, as easy. No. Could you do it? Could you do it oh, without falling and busting your face? No, no way. Yeah, I would need some is. help. But see, they're trying to make it look like that came the closest. I can't see exactly who that is, but that came that came the closest right there. It's good to see the Bills having fun. Yeah. This time a week ago, it was <laughs> chaos. All right, Mike, this is for you. Uh, so somebody took off their Jordans before proposing. I mean, this makes sense? It's a real G. No, he took off one. Oh, you're right. So as not to crease that one, the other Concord could stay on. Right. That Concord 11 had to come off so as not to crease it. That's a man of my own heart. That's going to be a blessed union. This man has his priorities in order. You cannot mess up the Concord 11. So his priorities is more concerned about his Jordan. No, he still said, it's a beautiful setting. He still said, I do, but why compromise the Jordan and them crease? Why wear them? He wore them. He wore them for the special occasion. Okay, and he's going to wear them at the wedding with his tuxedo. So what's the... They don't have to get him creased. It was just, come on now, y'all with your purses and your shoes. Okay, don't act I tell, like you what, I tell you what wouldn't happen. It's like a woman wouldn't have her purse. I don't think if you propose and just all of a sudden just say, you know what? You put my purse down. Speaking of shoes and uh, paint, which we're going hard in next, Rashard Matthews. My cleats, my cause. Shout out to Colin Kaepernick. Those look dope. It's, it's, the, it, it's the equivalent of us putting down the coat over the water. So your shoes don't get wet. He's not hitting one of his. No, that, that's for us, though. That's not for you. It's so hard to paint. Of course, we have to start with LeBron, <laughs> who was ejected for the first time in his career. That's 1,081 games without an ejection. Here's LeBron on what went down. I got fouled and, uh, and showed my uh, frustration to the ref, and uh, he uh, sent me to the locker room. That particular play, I got fouled all the way up the court. You know, from the time that I stripped him, all the way till I got to the rim. I'm surprised I got two in a row. You know, because I said what I had to say and I was moving on, and he decided to throw me out. But you know, it is what it is. LeBron said he's trying to make him a jump shooter. Did you see the statement from referee Kane Fitzgerald? The only thing missing was I feared for my life. Mm. He said it was a culmination of a couple different acts. Immediately after the no call, he turned and threw an air punch directly at me, and then he aggressively charged at me, and then he used vulgarity in my ear a few times. Mom. I honestly thought I was going to be hit for a second. He had the craziest look in his eyes. And at one point he said, let's get it on. Oh, what was just as funny as LeBron liked the Odell Beckham Jr. Instagram post like 11 minutes after his ejection. And meanwhile, in his canter, he took this as an opportunity to, of course, troll LeBron. He had 21-12 rebounds, six assists, and five steals, by the way, in limited action. Uh, But, I mean, you know, it is hard to officiate him. And he probably doesn't get all the calls he deserves. He's right about most things, probably right about this. He also had a message for the people earlier today. I think the reason that we won last night is because I've been a huge distraction to the team, and that's why uh, me getting ejected was best for the team. You know, I got ejected, and we still was able to win a game. <laughs> no, nah, but in all seriousness, uh, you know, I think that, you know, we're just playing really good ball right now. We're going streaking, you know, and, and my best uh, Will Ferrell voice, old school, one of my favorite movies. Uh, but it's fun times for us right now, man, just because, not because we're winning games, but how we're winning games. 
Speaking of distractions, did you hear anything he said? I was too busy watching Ace Ventura <laughs> above his left shoulder. If I'm not back, just wait longer. I'm back in five minutes, just wait longer. I know I was watching, just trying to figure out. First, I had to figure out which Ace Ventura was. I think it was with Nature Call. I was think. It? Okay, it wasn't the I first one. I think it was too. I was thinking it might have been that bathroom scene, but. All interviews are all in uninterrupted segments. need to be known when to move in the background. Yeah. Why well, quote moves when you can when, play it? He said he was at the airport. I would put Pulp Fiction in the background of mine. You? Small time favorite. Mm, Pulp Fiction? I might do Wedding Crashers. Makes sense. Pretty All good right. one. All right, Folks call today, we had a good day. It was a good day for forgiveness. <laughs> Nikola Meritich spoke to the media for the first time since his fight with Bobby Portis in October. Says he accepts Portis' apology. He said, quote, we are teammates. We're fighting for this team. We're going to do what we need to do to make it work close. Quote, he started practicing Monday, was at the United Center with the team for Tuesday's game against Phoenix. Mike, I know you saw the Infinity Wars trailer Actually, today. I was about to watch it again while you were talking. <laughs> All right. It, it looks amazing. Again, not just a company speak here. You there know was how an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people. I can't wait. Can't wait. May 2018. That's it for the six. Jim Valvano's famous speech at the 93 ESPYs is next. And of course, don't miss Michigan, North Carolina. First time since the 93 title game at 730. We'll see y'all tomorrow.